Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello, hello. I am so excited to be here. Me too. I know. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is. Did I mention that I really like this song? It just makes me excited. Out of all the Christmas music, I really like this song. Yeah, it's the one that kind of gets kicks you off into getting into the it Christmas does. spirit. Like yeah. I've been listening to Christmas music in the car for the last yeah. couple of weeks, and I think that really helps get you into the spirit. It really does. And you know, this is the first year that I'm actually doing that because... I would get so frustrated going into a department store and be like, oh, it's the Christmas music. But that's because my Christmas spirit was just not there. And I think this is the first year I'm actually really trying to work on that. And wow, what a difference. And I really enjoy that song. For me, it's been the last couple of years I've been actively trying to put like Christmas music on and get into the spirit. You really have. And I think, yeah, and I think it's worked, right? It's like they say you attract what you are, not what you want. So when you're, you know, happy oh, and man. joyful, then that's what you kind of attract. <laughs> I, I have to agree that you've really transformed over the last two years when it comes to holidays. The holidays, you know, they've you've really done such great work with that. And it's just been amazing because I kind of see the little kid in you come out and get excited and I enjoy it. Yeah, that's funny because you say that. And uh, what haven't we been doing for the last couple of years? What's that? Uh, we've been keeping like toxic relationships out of the holidays. We have. And what a difference that's made. That that it has made a huge difference. It for has been us, the right? difference. For the, yeah. For yeah. the family, for me. Um, and that's something we definitely need to talk about. We right? will. Yeah. We'll get to that today. Yeah. Let's talk about what's like just the, what are the good things about this? Decorating. <laughs> Decorating. I love it. And you know what's funny? Every year I would decorate a little bit. But this year I did a little bit more like I got a nutcracker for our table. I know you've always wanted like a nutcracker, like the the old school. The old school traditional nutcracker. And may I add, for the first time ever, and and I would like a round of applause for this, I have a candy bowl. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited about that. (laughs) I've always wanted a candy bowl. Well, uh, yeah, you were talking to me about that and that you've been doing a lot of work with talking to your inner child i've been connecting with my younger self and having play dates (laughs) i'm serious yeah and that's something we 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 need to talk about that in in a separate podcast because that's a whole other it is that's uh, a whole other thing yeah dealing with trauma and talking to your inner child and i think that's that's be perfect to talk about but because we're this is the holiday yeah we want to focus on that yeah let's focus on the holidays and talk about your candy bowl. Oh, okay. So my grandmother had one of those 1970s ashtrays, that like green one, kind of tacky, but like whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember those and ashtrays. And I, I would go into her house and it would just be sitting there full of candy. So the and ashtray was the candy bowl? <laughs> hell yeah. The ashtray was the candy bowl and the dinner plates is where the cigarettes went out. But I mean, what? Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, as long as the candy was still in the it, it was exactly. good to eat, right? Whatever. It was all good. And I remember being like, man, when I get older, get myself a candy bowl. And I meant it like i was going to get a candy bowl and i was and i said to myself i used to always get caught with my fingers in the candy bowl i say you know when i'm older i'm like i'm gonna walk into my room and i'm gonna eat as much candy as i want when i want and i'm gonna and i'm gonna put just the candy i like in it (laughs) 
Yeah, that candy bowl didn't last very long in this Two house. Two hours. Yeah, pretty much. But it, it was there. Yeah, it was It was a nice decoration yeah, while it lasted. Yeah, you know what's the sad part, though, is I didn't even get to enjoy it. Oh, I It was know. my kids and you. Well, you know, what do you, what do you expect when you put Reese's cups in them? Oh, I know. They look so, there was like 22 of them and they were gone. My son said he had to try a few of them to make sure they weren't poisonous. I'm like, that only works during Halloween, and I can do that. Well, some of that candy went into the gingerbread house that got made that, again, didn't last very made long. Made and ate. Yeah. But you know what? What's important is we did the tradition. So, yeah, that's, to me, it's the decorating. And I really enjoyed it. And the lights and the music. Those are good things. You don't enjoy the shopping? <laughs> honestly i never like shopping you know this i would have a full out panic attack in aisle eight freaking out because i didn't know what to get somebody ridiculous and i was stressing for no reason now just order it online i know <laughs> just kidding. it's become so much simpler no we've done a lot of that this year well you know what too is getting just stuff online well the holidays of, aren't supposed to be like that yeah you're not supposed to be like having to get someone ten thousand gifts because you feel guilty that's not what the holidays are about. Yeah. And there's a lot of stressors in the, uh, during the holidays. Yeah. Let's not, not pretend that's all, no. you know, jingle bells and, and, uh, yeah. and, and candy Batman canes. Smells. Yeah, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. There's just the traffic alone, you know? I know. The people are driving like insane. I told you, you know, where we live, the main uh, highway here, I, there was a couple accidents. Like one night I went out and there was three or four accidents on that road. And it's people driving just like like nuts. Didn't you hear tires screeching and then like looked in your rearview mirror and witnessed an accident like right behind you? Oh, yeah. Literally, I was, you know, three car lengths uh, away from an accident that happened behind me. And I could see the car spin out in the in my rear view. So it was just. That's it's, crazy. It's, people just get really, you know, out of their minds Insane. around this time. And it yeah. shouldn't be that way. No, it really shouldn't. Like, that's what causes the stress. Like the holidays aren't stressful. People are stressful. People yes. are causing this stress because you don't have to buy gifts for the holidays. You don't have to drive around crazy. You don't need to host big dinners and do these things. Your holidays are what you make of them. Absolutely. The other crazy thing is, who do I send a Christmas card to? Do I like this person? Do I want them to know I moved? You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, yeah, no, do do I, can I just write like... No return address on this one. And it's funny. Over the years, my Christmas stack of cards, I went from buying two boxes to one till I have the same box for the last three years. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah, the amount of people that you sent Christmas cards has been dwindling, you know, for the last couple of years. But I Save think, on stamps. Yeah, no, but the reality is that the, the act of just sending a card, sometimes it's just kind of like, oh, you know. Uh, you feel like you have to do something, right? And that's what it shouldn't be about. It shouldn't be about what you have to do. It should be about what you want to do, right? Yeah, that's and what- the guilt. You know, and I say to myself, like, if I don't talk to somebody an entire year and they know, like, why am I going to send them a Christmas card? Like, I'll get a random card from someone that I haven't talked to in like a year. And I'm like, okay, like, that's yeah. my first thought that comes to my head. Like, why did you send me this? I know, it, it is kind of weird because you start getting all these car- Christmas cards and you know, from people that you don't hear at all from at all throughout the year. Exactly. And I'm like, okay. And I, I know it's like, oh, but it's the thought. Like, 
are they really thinking about me? And they're like, oh, I miss Courtney. They're like, oh, I better send her a Christmas card. Like, just don't send it. Like, I'm okay with that. Save yourself a stamp. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Exactly. And we, we need to talk about that, right? Like the toxic family members that we have to deal with during the holidays. I yeah. think that's what this podcast should be about. Yeah. How to survive or surviving a toxic family during the holidays. That's that's good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we, we, we started kind of talking about that a little bit, right? about um you know me being a lot different now yeah i agree uh, you know and for the last two years we've haven't had toxic family members um come visit us during the holidays yeah. and that was kind of a, a a decision a choice that we made and things have been so much better for everyone because of that that one choice it literally was the determining factor between the anxious stressed out you know panic mode holiday to the relaxed holiday where we're sitting in our PJs, we still have Christmas dinner and we sit back and watch our kids play and we're fine and we're happy. It was huge. And all it took was some boundaries and it was crazy. And, you know, the holidays, I used to dread them. I dreaded them. And I think you did too. No, absolutely. I it was one of those situations, and I think we've I we touched I touched upon it a little bit in previous podcasts. You know, my I don't have a relationship with my with my mother. She's <laughs> as we found out, she's a classic narcissist. You know, so there's been a strained relationship there for a long time, and the holidays just amplified that because you didn't it just know, made everything worse, and it was fake. Yeah, and you it know. was just like, what's gonna happen? Am I gonna get triggered? Is is she gonna? Is she gonna dis- say something dumb, and then I'm exactly. gonna you know get upset? Or did we have to just suck it up and allow people to be people just to keep the peace because our kids were there? Exactly, and that's a, a choice we we decided to make, right? That we're not gonna put ourselves through that. We're not gonna put our kids through that. And ever since then, it's been. <laughs> Like, like night and day. I was difference. just going to say that. Like, wouldn't you th- say that it was like a complete shift in holiday spirit, how we celebrated the holidays? You know, it's just because it became more about us and our family and what we wanted opposed to, OK, let's bend over backwards just to, you know, appease, mm-hmm. you know, family. And members. let's pretend that we have this amazing big family and everybody's joyous and laughing around a table. And it was just it was so fake. Yeah. So let's talk about, a, a, you know, surviving these toxic family members. Like what should our listeners expect or, or, or think about? Like what are the key points, I guess, to keeping well, your holidays well, jolly? I think one of the things, you know, we should talk about here is why does the holiday want or give way to people to try to start introducing these toxic family members back into their lives? How does the holidays play into that? Don't you see that happening a lot? Yes. Yeah, that you make a very good point. So I think a lot of it has to do with well, a lot of people feel or view family as in a way obligation. Right, an obligatory factor. Like, well, it's so and so, it's my mom, it's my aunt, it's this person or whatever and I I have to do this. And I feel like the holidays dredge that up for a lot of people because I think for the most part not everybody's has this, you know, if they do have a huge extended family, there's just such a disconnect in what family is. And then the holidays come around and then you're looking at Facebook and you're watching all these holiday movies. You see all these big families getting together and then you feel like the sense of guilt and you reach back out to a toxic family member. You go to the dinner that 
you know there's going to be drama at. You have to sit next to your aunt who doesn't respect your boundaries and body shames you or whatever. And then you find yourself feeling depleted, leaving that being like, how the hell did I end up here? So I think it's really important that we talk about this trigger that is going to happen and how you can manage that so you don't find yourself back in the same spot. Yeah, and, and we're uh, again, just to clarify, we're talking about toxic family members. Yeah, not, not just all family. annoying family exactly. members, not but all the family toxic ones. Members. Yeah, because some people have amazing families, right? And some people have families that, you know, they're very close mm-hmm. and really, um, you know, close-knit. And you guys talk about it. You know, we're not talking about that. Of no, course, we're talking you know. about you don't, the you, toxic, exactly. toxic family members, the ones that don't respect your boundaries, the ones that make you feel awful and empty and sad. And in some, you know, extreme cases, uh, family members that may have done some abuse. Yeah, that may have hurt you growing up and they're still invited to all these family events and you have to face your abuser. Like that's kind of stuff, that tough stuff. Yeah, that is tough stuff. And I think it's really important that we look at that in surviving the holidays and trying to figure out. And I think the biggest thing one should be looking at right now is what are your values? What are your boundaries? Well, I think it starts off with like what I said before, people are people. We have to start judging people for them as individuals and not as part of a collective, what we call family. Right. Because that's that's where it it gets convoluted. Right. Because people, you know, we're. Um, raised to believe that blood is thicker than water. Right? Yeah, yeah. And we are raised to think that. And I always say blood is never thicker than peace of mind. And that's something that I've had to learn over the last, I don't know, several years. And you've taught me that, you know, remove the title, remove the fact that this person is related to you by blood and ask yourself, would I be friends with this person? If the answer is no, you've got your answer. Yeah, absolutely. Because the reality is you get to pick your friends. You don't get to pick your family members. So that's, but what you do get to pick is who you allow into your inner circle, who you allow to affect you, and who do you allow into your into your safe space. And that you you have a hundred percent control over that. And you should have a hundred percent control over that. And you shouldn't allow anyone that's either hurt you or doesn't respect your boundaries or, you know, is a trigger for you to come into that 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 space. Um, because that's not good for you. And this is this is what we're talking about, right? Self-help, being able to do what's best for you as an individual, as a person to better yourself. Yeah. And I think what happens is, is there's these old fashioned, you know, sayings that we have in our head and things and expectations that we're supposed to do. And the reality is, is the fundamental difference is, is you're no longer a child, you know, you don't have to go go hang out here and go play with a bunch of cousins that you can't stand and go do all these things because that's what you were forced to do as a child. Now you are an adult and you get to determine what your holidays look like. And the problem is, though, is that people still see you as the young child, the little cousin, the little niece, the little nephew, and they treat you that way. And this is where you need to exert, you know, and put out there that these are my boundaries. You're no longer going to pick on me, you know. And especially if you're a parent, because kids emulate what they see, right, especially from their parents. So if you want to raise your child to be strong and to be self-sufficient, then you want to you want to show that to them. They, you don't want to show them that you're cowering or, or kowtowing or that you're to, scared exactly and- to a family member that, you know, they may not know the history or or what, you know, what triggers are or what, you know, they, they can they can absolutely see that you're uncomfortable 
or that you don't like this particular uh, person and and you allowing that person into your personal space or you um, move, you know, like going to a family dinner, whether you know they're going to be there. Those are all things that kids will pick up on. You're 100 percent right. And you're you're teaching them to to tolerate that when they shouldn't. You know, they should learn to be self-sufficient and to understand, hey, if this is no good for me, then I'm not going to do it. Exactly. And here's the thing. If if this is a toxic family member that did this to you, the chances of them doing that to your child is high. Okay. So if you go to a home and you have that creepy uncle there or that family member that had hurt you or is just super toxic, remember that they only prey on those who cannot help themselves. So you bring your little children to this place. And if you don't think they're going to be subjected to what you were subjected to, you got to open your eyes. And I saw that firsthand with myself. This was why when my son was two years old, I stopped bringing him to my aunt's and uncle, into my aunt's house, because I started to notice the way that she spoke around my son was how she would speak around me. And I was like, yeah, negative. You have to keep your eyes open to that because there's generations of toxicity that is just passed on and no one tells that person, hey, that's not okay. Don't do that anymore. They just allow it. And that's where you have to draw the line. That's where you stop that cycle. Yeah, that's important. That's what we've done, right? We've, we've broken that cycle, worked really hard to steer clear of that so we can show our children, we show our children what not to do. Exactly. Now, you had to do this more recently than I did. Because when we had met, I was, I mean, I had my family, I had my Nana and, you know, she had passed or whatever. But my holidays weren't spent with them. I was with you, you know, after my the loss of my mother, everything was just different. So I had kind of disconnected from that. But you actually had to make a conscious decision. And, and I want our listeners that are listening, you know, oh, that's easier said than done. You no, know, it is, right? It's but difficult. It's absolutely how difficult. How did you... Taught or, or get to that point where you like enough's enough. Like, what helped you make that decision, and how did you put those boundaries into place? Because I think that's what people are probably asking. Like, well, how do I do that? Like at this point, yeah, that's yeah, it's very tough, um, especially when you have that ingrained in you, right? And again, I'm, I'm from a Latino uh, family, and we're that's what we're taught. You know, family yeah. is family, and your family is beyond above everything. You're not taught that people are people. These are the realizations that I came to. And it's funny because, <laughs> not not to put the blame on uh, on anybody, but there was a time where I had already cut my mother off. I said, I, I'm done. I'm done with her, right? I said, that was it. And I would have been. I would have been. But it was you that, that you know, asked me to open up that you know I'm that door sorry. that door again well you know we were getting we were, we had gotten engaged we were getting ready to get married and you felt that you know i should have my family there and i should you know mend fences with you my know mother. what it was is i didn't see the level of toxicity then that you knew i didn't see it because at that time i had a decent relationship with her where you know, I was respected what I thought to be because I was so blind. You know, I'd get a hug and I was so desperate to have a mother figure because I had lost mine. So, yeah, about that. I'm sorry for that. Um, I had good intentions, but as you can see, sometimes good intentions still aren't good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that goes to that point, right? It's just like we try because we think, okay, this is family. We'll just deal with them 
for the time for the time be this is how we justify this is how i justified it right like year after year was like oh well I'm, we're only dealing with her for one day out of the year or two days you know thanksgiving and and christmas we're only dealing with with them then and because uh, we were rarely visited or anything like that so it was just okay we just deal with it it's just one day a year but Christmas, well, any holiday, right? It's your holiday. Exactly. That that was my, many, that was the yeah, point. Yeah. Right. It 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 belongs to us, to our family, right? And why should we subject ourselves to a you know a bad experience? You know, uh, a, a time to be triggered, a time you know when it should be a happy holiday, and we yeah. should be we should be enjoying our holiday, and we should be enjoying it with our family and, and passing that on. You know, it, it helps no one to be miserable for one day a year, you know, especially around this time. And here's the thing, you know, you're not just miserable that one day a year. Let me let me kind of backtrack here, right? You'll never get back all those holidays. You only get one Christmas every year and one Thanksgiving, one time to be joyful and appreciative and one time to give thanks to others. Yeah, you can do that every other day, but you won't get those back, okay? So you've sacrificed that in your happiness. But this whole thing about, oh, well, you know, it's only once a year and yada, 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 and, you know, I'll just get triggered for one day. You're not just triggered that day. It's residual. You know, you're dealing with weeks afterwards, the frustrations of having to deal with that person. And maybe memories have been triggered. And then, you know, mental health wise, you don't feel well. And then you're snapping at people in your family because you're just agitated. It's not just one day you're dealing with. There's ramifications. There's these micro traumas, these these micro, you know, incidences of, of that that continue to transpire afterwards. And then before you know, you know, New Year's just feels like, ugh, you know, and it's just, it's just a spiral effect. So as much as you think it's just one time a year, it isn't. You are reopening up wounds. It's almost like you have a wound, right? It's stitched up, it's healed, and you go and take a knife and slice it back open. You just let it bleed. For what? What purpose? So that you can work on having to heal it back up again and go through that process. It's not worth it. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, you can't. That was a, a spot on analogy. Yeah, that just popped in my head. <sighs> that, you know, and, and you're right. You're you're reopening a wound that took, you know, months or years months, maybe to close. years. To close and and here you are, you know, reopening it for no for no reason. Just other because than to, you to, feel guilty and like you yeah, have to. Exactly. Like I want you to think you about feel this. obligated. Yeah. You're the one with the wound. You're the one who went through the pain. You're the one who had to get it stitched up and go through the healing process. And you feel guilty, so I'm gonna just hurt myself further to make the situation right. When you can look at it from that perspective, you're like, wait, what the hell? am I doing here? Like when I just said that, I just thought about a couple things to myself. Like, why would I do that? And it's just because we were never taught because the family was toxic that, you know, how we feel about things matter because it doesn't matter to a toxic family member. They only care about themselves. The world revolves around them and we become the flying monkeys. We just do whatever it is that they say because we feel like we have to, you know? No, you're right. So anyways, um, I think it, it's it's tough. And I know people are probably listening right now and being like, oh boy, like, yes, that's my family. If this is your family or if any of this resonates with you, you're not alone. But remember, like, you are in control. You're not this little kid anymore that has to do what the family says. You get to determine. This is where you start making your own traditions. This is where you start saying, you know what, this year, 
We're not going to grandma and grandpa's. We're going to have it at our house. If you have children, you should not be the ones running around, going to visit everybody and having a chaotic holiday just because that's how things have been. You don't have to continue toxic traditions. You can start your own. Yeah, absolutely. So that goes to our first point, right? Is um, And we're talking about surviving a toxic family holiday, right? So that I think that's our first very big uh, bullet point, right? Keep your holiday yours. Yes. So uh, whatever that means to you, you know, um, and, and again, you said, you know, maybe just having it, a, just a small gathering, just you and your family or right. the, the people that you- Your holiday. Exactly. You surround yourself with the people that, that you you want to surround yourself. Make the conscious choice of who you want to be your family. And it might not be blood relatives. No, it might Sometimes be your neighbor just, or a close friend, a exactly, co-worker. Exactly. Somebody that shares your values, shares your parenting style, shares your beliefs, whatever that is. You, just keep your holiday yours. I think that's the, the very first bullet point to- um, surviving a toxic family holiday, right? Yeah. Uh, so that goes into our, our second point, right? Is setting boundaries. Yes. I think that's important. Setting boundaries. So people are like, well, what's, I get people asking me all the time, well, how do I set boundaries? What boundaries are good for people? I think people think there's like a box, like of Legos, but it's like a box of boundaries, right? And you open up, you're like, oh, okay, and you just start building them. Boundaries are invisible. They're not, you know, they're, they're, they're just concepts of the mind. Okay. So you have to think about what boundaries do I need? So for example, maybe one of your boundaries is, is look, mom and dad, if you're going to be coming to my house this year for Christmas, you can't be bringing so-and-so because so-and-so is disrespectful of me in my home. That is a boundary. Okay. It may not seem like one, but it is. So if mom and dad says, well, we can't come this year if so-and-so can't come, then you must stick to your boundary and say, then I'm sorry, but my house is not open then for Christmas. This is my boundary. And these are my expectations for my family. And and period. That's a boundary. You know, people get all confused in the, in, in the minutia of, oh, what, what is a boundary? That they're missing the point that all a boundary is, is something that you need to feel safe and protected and whole as a person. That's it. You know, one of my boundaries is I don't want to talk about my t- my past or things that I've been through with family members who weren't there and want to alleviate their guilt onto me. I have a boundary that we aren't going to talk about what you don't understand. We're not going to talk about my mother because that was my mother. And that's a boundary that I have. And the second someone violates that boundary, conversation is done. We're not talking about this. I'm exiting. I've done that with my father. And you know what? My father respects me and my boundaries and I've had to push back on him. Boundaries only work if you keep to them. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Like, um, and, and you know, the the other side of the coin, like I've had boundaries that haven't been respected. Correct. And that's why we're we find ourselves in this in this particular. What's one of them that instance. was repeatedly violated? That was a boundary of yours. Oh, our, my number one boundary is um, religion. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about this in, in previous podcasts. You know, we, whatever you believe in, what your belief in is perfectly fine with, with me in terms of like, if, if that's what you believe, perfectly fine. I'm, 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 you know, if you're Christian or Muslim or Hindu or, you know, all the other flavors of Christianity, you know, whatever you believe in, if you, even if you're an atheist, I, it's that's, fine. it's perfectly fine with me, but I draw the line at, at any time, you know, we're we're a spiritual family here. We we have a lot of different uh, diverse beliefs. Ecumenical um, in our thoughts. Yes. Yeah, exactly. 
but what where I draw the line is the moment that you tell me that what you believe is is the right and and if if and what I believe is wrong if that's if that's okay for you that's fine but when you start to be critical or start to put your beliefs onto me and onto my family then that's where I I say that that that's that's where I draw the line yep uh, and I'm that I think is that. the boundary every year that was pushed to the point of you know you would get so upset and livid because you would set that boundary and you would even try when that boundary was being toyed with mm-hmm. you would be like no no you know we're not going to go there and, and just still- so yeah and just so our listeners understand like I grew up in a in a very religious household right um, my mother wasn't so much religious, but there's religion has always played a part. Again, Latino background, religion plays a big part in our culture, right? And the church is a big, you know. And I've said this before to you. And I'm not sure if I said this on the podcast, but the church it was the first social media. What social media is now, and what the church was back then, it was a place where you got all your information from other people, where you shared your views, your opinions, mm-hmm. and Unfortunately, the same downfalls as what we see in social media is what you find in the churches. Again, I'm not not to say that there's you know anything wrong with, not to say that that the church is 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 evil in any way. But again, just to draw the parallels, the same um, negatives that you find in social media now, you found those same negatives in 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 the churches. And mind you, this is coming from someone who. <laughs> funny religiously was at church all the time as a young i mean you were there so you have well again I, you know speak on exactly this. i i grew up in that environment exactly right? I you grew, grew up, up in, in that and as a child you get indoctrinated into into something right and i was indoctrinated my whole life into you know a religion when i was older enough to make sense of it all right that it just it wasn't just okay this is what you believe in and this is what you you do when you start to question you know, what is this? What really is this that I've been force fed all my life, right? So around, you know, 16, 17 years old, you know, that's when I kind of said, okay, what is this stuff? You know, let me, let me delve deep, you know, into what this is. And, you know, for, you know, me and now our listeners hopefully are starting to get a, an idea of how I am very logical, very problem solving, like to, just like anything, you know, I like to dissect things and 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 go You're solution in. focused. Yeah, just you know, just like anything in my life, I like to break it down into its parts, take a look at it, and see if I can rebuild it and, and put it and back together. Exactly, and that's what I did. You know, so for a good couple years, I you know I delved deep into this. What is this thing? You know what I'm saying? And what I found is again very similar to to what I'm talking about now. Social media, the construct of social media and how it is now is the parallels. You know, if you look at, you know, what social media is now and what the church was back, you know, 20 years ago. Now we've moved away from church and we've moved into, you know, social media. But, you know, again, it's it's they're very similar. They're very similar in the way it's constructed. Yeah. Right. It has the same downfalls, right? It has the same when you wrap yourself around a bubble of other people that believe the exact same thing that you believe in and don't allow any free thought, 
because you're you're you know what you what your opinion is becomes everyone's everyone else's opinion and you're just you you you're in an echo chamber right so you say one thing and then the next person says it back to you and acknowledges that that's exactly and it becomes truth exactly it becomes truth and now now you 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 have you're in this bubble basically right that you know that no free thought gets into right because there's no you know, if if you believe that this is what I believe, and then everyone's telling you, no, you're right to believe in that, and there's no second guessing, there's no, and that's the truth. There's no questioning mm-hmm. of of that, right? And you completely surround yourself with that, then that becomes the truth, right? So, so again, and we see that in social media. In social media, it's not real. No, because I can see where you're where you're going with this, and I could all see how this would be a trigger and a boundary for you. You only see the pe- people put their best foot forward in church. They want to wear their best outfits. They want you to think that their life is amazing and all these wonderful things. But behind all of that, there's brokenness. Behind all of that is the truth. And that's, I think, the connection you're trying to make. And that's why for you, that's a huge boundary of yours is like, that's not always the truth. And that doesn't mean that that's my truth. And, you know, I think I, I can see that now. And that makes perfect sense. I think that was a great analogy because you're not the only one. I think a lot of our listeners might be in that exact spot right now. Yeah. And again, I, uh, not to not to dissuade anyone from believing in what you want to believe and from going to whatever church you decide, especially around this time. And so this is a religious holiday and there's, really, you know, religious connotations to all this stuff, of course. So. So again, you know, your belief is your belief and that's that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with what you believe in. Um just respect the beliefs of others. And that's exactly. what I'm that's what I'm saying. Respect that, you know, if you're if, if what you believe um is true for you, then ha- you know, respect that's that someone else's belief is true for them. Right. And it doesn't mean that something is wrong with that person and that that's what oh, oh it always happened at the table. You know? Yes. The toxicness would come out and it would be very critical and judgmental of you and hypocritical about how you need to live your life. And then there was preaching and it was it was always a self-fulfilling part I, on their end. I love the fact that it was always, oh, you grew up in the church, so you should know better. No. And, and it was that that was that's like, why I know better. Exactly. That's exactly why I know better. Yeah. That I know that I, I don't want to believe and you were always respectful like i always saw you trying to be like we're not going to talk about this right now oh you know what and then you would try and it just wasn't happening and i would say that and and to this day didn't you say and i say that plainly plainly to her i would say i don't want my kids indoctrinated into this yeah i don't i I do not believe the things that you believe in you know and all you were asking her to do was respect exactly exactly i'm not asking her to to leave her church or leave her beliefs, or leave what she thought. I just wanted her to respect. Leave it at the door. Exactly, respect it at my door. I don't want that inside my house. I don't want it. I don't want my kids exposed to that. They will be adults at some point, and, and if they'll they make want, their own decisions. Exactly, if they want to believe whatever they want to believe, and it's not like we don't teach them about these things, right? No, they are. They know what religion is. They know a, a little bit about certain things, but we want them to be free thinkers. That's exactly. what's important. And, and make their own decisions when they're ready to make their that decision as to what they want to yeah. believe and how they want to believe and how they want to worship if they want to worship. Um, because there's nothing wrong with that, of course. No. What I'm saying, you need to be able to respect other beliefs, other ways of thinking, and adapt. A lot of the times, when you when you can adapt to someone else's way of thinking, it's again we bring it back to you know first seek to understand, then, then be, to understood. be understood. If you can do that when it comes to this this kind of stuff, then you can you can open up in your head. 
P.S. I've actually been doing that a lot with you lately, trying to understand where you're coming from before I'm trying to be understood. And it does work. And I think the segues into, you know, the next two ideas that I have about how to help survive the toxic family around the holidays is number yeah, one. We went way out of, <laughs> we went way out of bounds. Sometimes on, you get to go that. out of bounds to bring it back in, you know? Know your triggers. You know, that's that's what what we just kind of were talking about. Yeah, because that was a big trigger for yeah. me. As, as you could see, that was a huge trigger. That was a huge trigger, trigger and that's why he had to talk about it for 10 minutes. But allow that. Know your triggers. Know what your boundaries are around those triggers. Because if you can do that, you're not going to get triggered because you've set a, a boundary. The next thing that people don't do enough of, and I think we should, we should really wrap things up with this, is mindfulness and self-care. You know, being mindful of the fact that these are my triggers. Being mindful of the fact that these people that I'm expecting to respect my boundaries aren't going to do it. Okay, so what do I have to do so that I'm respecting my own boundaries? Because oftentimes we are hoping that this toxic family member is just going to get it. This year they're just going to, they're not going to get it. it. One holiday a year isn't going to change a person, right? So I think you need to spend that time being mindful of those things and taking care of yourself and understanding that Again, this is your holiday. You know, you can leave the stress at the door. And I think it's really important that you do that. It's really important that you, if you're in a relationship, okay, and maybe your partner's been going along with this crazy toxic family that you have going on, I'm sure they've dropped bombs and dropped little tiny things and dropped hints to you about it. And you've probably ignored it, you know? Sit down and say, hey, my family is toxic. And I realize that I need to start putting some boundaries up, that it's not healthy for me, for you, for our relationship, for our family. And I want to talk to you about my triggers. I just think it's really important that we validate and we're mindful of these things and we talk about these things with our partners because that is what's going to help you be consistent because your partner is going to say, hey, remember your boundary, because I really didn't know that those were huge triggers for you until you said these are triggers for me and why. It wasn't until you started to communicate with me that I really understood and that I could support you in that process and say, she doesn't need to come. I mean, I don't think I ever wanted her to, but I never said anything because I felt like it was mean of me. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I guess it's understanding that you have triggers, right? For me, it wasn't, you know, again, I was so wrapped up in the obligation of the family that it was hard for me to, to say, okay, this is a trigger. You know, I think we've just recently... Within the last with, few months. Yeah. Well, within the last couple of years, I think we've been paying close attention to what sets us off. Yeah, because I would always be like, oh my God. Like, uh, I don't think we've we, we, we labeled it as triggers. Uh, I think we've started to do that within the last couple of months in terms of really recognizing that these are triggers. Right. Um, but I think we we acknowledge that these were things that we wanted to kind of eliminate from our lives because they were just weren't making us happy. And I think that's what it, it, it boils down to, right? It's about self-care and being mindful of the things that affect you and, and acknowledging the things that affect you. And, and whether it's adversely or positively, just finding those things. And then, uh, you know, again, avoiding the things that, that don't aid you in, in your positivity. Yeah. If something no longer serves you, it's okay to let it go. And I think that's important. So so what if you're listening right now and you're like, crap, you realize I'm in deep. I have triggers. 
you're starting to realize, crap, I got to go there in two weeks. And now you're, you're second guessing yourself. It's too late. I'm just going to go. It's not too late. If you're hearing this before the holidays, it is not too late to make that decision to choose yourself first. And guess what? And I know this is going to come out really bad, but you know what? I'm just going to say it. COVID. Okay. Right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. We should not be having huge family get togethers anyways. If you need it, it is a way out this year. Then you take the rest of this year working on your boundaries, working on yourself. See how you feel this holiday when you're not around toxic family and then have that as a frame of reference to push you to be strong, to make the decisions that you need to make so that next Christmas when COVID isn't here, COVID's not the reason, you're the reason. But you have protective factors in place right now. Use them. Take this last year of 20, these last couple months of 2020 and make those changes for yourself. Make this holiday the best holiday you've ever had. I think I just, I know that if you do that, trust and believe that next year you'll be strong enough to say, hmm, not this year. I think I'm going to be doing this myself this year. That's okay. Yeah. And, and take it from someone that, that had these triggers and had this toxic family that we had to deal with for years and years on end. And for the last, you know, even before COVID, you know, we've had, we consciously made that decision and it's been so much better for our family. Um, so again, just we advise you to take this time and 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 really assess what your priorities are as a person, and you know take into account your yourself and your joy and your happiness, and and make sure that you're not allowing you're not allowing those toxic individuals into your into your space to affect you, especially around this time. So what if you're the what if you're the toxic person? Oh, that's a good one. Well, first of all, how does someone recognize if they're toxic? That's the biggest thing. If you've come to that point and said, wait a minute, I do some of those things. I kind of push boundaries. I don't listen when so-and-so tells me that. I do pick on so-and-so. I'm constantly kind of manipulating people so that I can get my own needs met. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's no shame in that because that was me. I, I, I had some toxic tendencies I had to work through. Realizing it is the number one thing. You can work on that. You can reach out to your family too and say, hey, I've been toxic over the years doing these things and, and I'm really sorry for that. I'm sure I've not been a peach to be hanging around on the holidays. And I want to let you know that I recognize that and, and I'm sorry if I've contributed negatively to that. I'm working on myself. There's nothing. If I got a call from someone, I'd be like, whoa, that's awesome. Anything that they could have done to me is now stored in this little tiny folder and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt wish you the best of luck in that. I really appreciate that. And that's that takes a, good, a lot from somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good time to set a boundary and say, okay, well, you know, that's, you Perfect. know, if you're, I, I, I'm glad that you've recognized that. And I'm glad that you've said that. And let's, we can work on that. You we, know, can we can work, work on, on having on, a relationship. These uh, are my boundaries. Exactly. And that's, that's the perfect time. And so you know if what? you're the, if you're the toxic person listening to this, that's perfect advice, you know, recognize that you're, you, you, you may be the cause of some of this and make your best effort to reach out to that person and say, hey, I, I, want, I recognize this about myself. I'm looking to change. Help me change, help me change this about myself by discussing healthy boundaries, mm -hmm. things that set you off, things that trigger you. Or how can I better myself? And when I'm pushing one of your boundaries and may not realize that I'm pushing a boundary, 
can we talk about how you can remind me? Because I'm probably going to mess up. It's going to, it's a behavior that I need to work through. Asking how is huge because that gives the power to the person that you've been hurting. And that person can say, well, I guess when you start talking about X, Y, and Z, I'm just going to say boundary, or I'm just going to say, we're not going to talk about that. And that's okay. It's really, it's, no one is a hopeless case. And I think, well, I I used to think some people are just hopeless, but you said something in one of our most previous podcasts where you said, you know, it's hard for me to think that people are just, you know, without hope of, of changing. And I think you're right. The more I started to think about that, we need to be open to those if they're truly willing to change to try to give them that opportunity. Because remember, they weren't given that opportunity a long time ago. And that's where those bad behaviors started. So that's how we can help on the receiving end of breaking that cycle. No, absolutely. And, but you have to also be very, very aware of establishing those boundaries, about um, enforcing those boundaries. And, you know, not allowing someone to manipulate their way into reintroduce themselves into the situation where they're not truly making a change within themselves. They're just trying to manipulate the situation. Exactly. Because in an apology without any changed behavior is just manipulation. And a lot of people are going to try to manipulate their way back in because change is hard. (laughs) Changing yourself and working on and realizing that you've been toxic is so difficult. So it's just so easy to be like, man, how can I get myself out of this? How can I just find the easy way out of this? And everything's going to be fine. You're still going to be toxic. You gotta, you can't go over it. You can't go around it. You got to work through it. And I think that that's really, really important. And you know what? Given a toxic family member the space that they need to be better is the best gift you can give somebody around the holidays. So if your mother is toxic or your father or your brother or sister, you tell them straight out, your behaviors are toxic. Your behaviors are not acceptable. When you do this, this is how I feel. If you want to have a relationship with me, these are the things that you need to work on. If you want to grow as a person, these are the things you need to work on. And until then, I'm sorry, I have to keep my distance for my own sanity. Now what you've done is you've given them the gift of knowledge to open up their eyes to be better. Should they choose to do something with it, it is on them. And now you just focus on yourself. Great advice. So anyways, I hope that although that this, you know, it's, it was lighthearted and we started off with all the funny stuff, sometimes we have to bring in the, the tough stuff and help too. But I want to end on a positive note that these are your holidays. Take this 2020 and find the beauty in it. Do something amazing with it. And I promise you and assure you that the more control you take of your life, the better. So... Stay safe, everybody. Enjoy your holidays. Fill up your candy bowl for me because I got to fill up mine. Listen to some good holiday music and just work on those boundaries. I promise. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be the grouch on this festive time. (laughs) The the grouch. The Grinch, you mean? Isn't the grouch from Sesame Street? Yeah, you're right. It's the Grinch, (laughs) not the grouch. Well, don't be either. How about that? Yeah, don't be either. They're both green, so I could see where you would like, you know, mix them up. Just stay safe, guys. Stay safe. Wear your mask. And let's get through the rest of these next couple months on a high note. And remember, we're in it together. And there's no shame in asking for help. 